You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. The Employment Rights Online podcast is a podcast for employees and all types of workers. And if that's you, the information in our podcast is written with your employment rights in mind. As usual, we welcome your comments and questions and we would love it if you would like, share and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing. This week, we begin our new mini-series on zero-hours contracts. This topic follows on neatly from last week's topic, where we discussed second jobs, since we now have over one million workers working on zero-hours contracts. And although this is only 3.2% of the workforce, at such a high level of people having second jobs, that number being around 20 million workers, It must follow that an increasing number of people who take on second jobs, like retail work or care work, are finding themselves on zero-hours contracts. So what is a zero-hours contract? Zero-hours contracts are a type of employment contract where you can still be both a permanent employee with a contract of employment or you can be a casual worker or an agency worker with an insecure contract. But in both cases, your employer does not have to provide you with a minimum number of working hours. Zero hours contracts first appeared in the UK as a way for companies to respond to temporary increases in demand and activity, where additional staff would be required to meet that demand. This type of contract became a thing in the UK round about 1999 when workers who traditionally experienced working days which were characterised by things like standby time or on-call time or downtime, well, those workers were then brought under the contractual pay regulations of the National Minimum Wage Act in 1998, which meant that no matter which type of contract a worker or employee was attached to, the pay for a day's work could not be less than national minimum wage levels. The contracts that were then created after 1999, which continued to focus on meeting increases in demand, did not mention how long you would be expected to work during a working day or week, which is where the name Zero Hours Contract came from. The contracts also didn't mention a fixed salary and the term zero hours was then used to identify standby, on-call and downtime contracts as contracts that do not guarantee any work for employees and workers. So for the purposes of this first podcast, we'll use the term workers to mean all types of workers and employees. So under a zero hours contract, your employer will offer you work when work is available, with the operative word here being when. If you have signed a zero-hours contract with the company or agency you work for, your boss doesn't have to provide you with work on a daily basis. 
In the best case scenario, you, the worker, will have your schedule one week in advance so you know when you will be working. However, we have known workers who don't even know when there will be work for them or whether there'll be work for them on a particular day until they've contacted the company to find out if they're going to be needed and how much work will be available for them on a particular day. After which, the worker is then able to come into work and earn money for that day. This action is then repeated the following day. We've known workers who have worked like this on a day-to-day -day basis for years, crossing fingers whilst they wait for the agency to call them back and offer them work for the day. This is the nature of zero-hours contracts and this is why companies love them, because the benefits of a zero-hours contract can include flexibility for employers, allowing the employer to increase and decrease the workforce on a daily, weekly and monthly basis. Zero hours contracts can also be beneficial for workers because it can give you the opportunity to choose your own working hours. Whether you're on a permanent contract or a temporary or agency contract, the benefits of a zero hours contract is that even if you are offered work by your company, you can refuse to come into work if you're not available to work because you are under no obligation to accept the work. Now, obviously, not working will mean that you will only be paid for the hours you actually do work. So if you don't work for a week or a month, then you receive no pay. But any work you do complete must at least be paid at national minimum wage levels. One of the other benefits of zero hours contracts is that at any time you can switch your status and become a full-time employee or a full-time worker with full employment rights, with guaranteed hours and guaranteed weekly pay if such a position becomes available in your company and you obviously are successful at getting that position. This is why zero hours contracts are the contracts of choice for workers like students or parents with school aged children because of the flexibility of choosing when you are available for work. When asked, workers said they particularly liked the flexibility of zero hours contracts because workers were able to say, no, I'm not coming into work today and there would be no repercussions for saying this. Workers said they particularly liked this element of their zero hours contract. But all is not sweet in the land of zero hours contracts and these contracts have become the subject of controversy. Critics argue that zero hours contracts provide too little job security and that contracts like this can be exploitative because of the power they give to employers to control the financial livelihoods of their workers. Whilst at the other end of zero hours contracts, the freedom to take on work as and when workers choose to do so, well, that has never really materialised because zero hours contracts are now used to manage core parts of all businesses, covering work that would traditionally have been done by full-time employees and workers. The changes in the way the contracts are now used means that workers no longer have the freedom to refuse to work when they don't want to work, because now workers feel compelled to take whatever work is offered, 
even if the work is at inconvenient times or the pay is low. Because when zero hours contracts are used to manage core parts of the business, then those core parts of the business are needed every single day. So if you are required to come into work and you don't come into work, it's likely that repercussions could be taken against you. This is what workers have reported to us. So when workers are required to work and they have a zero hours contract, they feel compelled to take whatever work is offered, even if the work is at inconvenient times or on the lowest rate of pay. Another disadvantage of these types of contracts is that it can make financial planning difficult for workers because your pay can fluctuate and you can go from up to down financially to nothing in your pay packet from one pay period to another. And this is why in recent years we've seen some of the negatives surrounding zero hours contracts end up in the employment tribunal with some notable victories for workers. And that's it for this week. In the next episode, we'll look at the employment rights for workers and employees who work zero hours contracts. And that will help to clarify how you should expect to be treated at work, even if you are on a zero hours contract. This will also help to explore what happens when things go wrong and why cases are ending up in tribunals so that you can take some pointers to check your own working environment. Be sure to listen in for that episode. Remember, if you need any help with Zero Hours Contracts, you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. And if you would like to book a consultation with us to look at bullying or abuse, which you may be suffering at work or any other employment rights concern you may have, you can email us at employmentrightsonline at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can go directly to our consultations booking page using the consultations link, which is also in the show notes. Finally, remember you can help us by sharing our podcast information with your family, friends and colleagues and by leaving us a review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify if you enjoy our podcasts. Until next week, have the best employment rights week that you can. Bye for now.